And welcome back to Mindset Monday. I'm Gene Zanetti, your coast-to-coast mindset coach from Winning Mindset, bringing you the best available sports-specific mindset training system anywhere in the world. Winning Mindset. Make sure you check out our website, zwinningmindset.com. Make sure you look at our our ebook. We're having a hardcover book that's being made. We have do-it-yourself programs, do-it-yourself programs on confidence, building aggressiveness, goal setting. Make sure you get your hands on that. Make sure you're following us on our social media pages, on our Instagram, our Twitter. Make sure you're checking out our free podcast as well as our free YouTube page. Constantly flooding you with great mindset information. Winning mindset. Okay, so today's topic, we're talking about 10 rules for the season. 10 rules for the season that you absolutely want to follow. It's only going to make you better. It's only going to help you bring out your very best. So they are, and this is in no particular order, 10 rules for the season. Number one never be outworked okay if someone's better than you someone's better than you you could work on that you could improve but it's never an excuse to be outworked always be the hardest worker on your team and the way you do that is don't compete with the other people in the room compete with yourself keep getting as much out of yourself as you possibly can so when we talk about three things that are within your control it's your effort your attitude and your aggressiveness and when we talk about never being outworked that's number one that's effort one simple question did I go all out or did I hold back that goes for the season that goes for practices that goes for competitions that goes for school that goes for improving your career that goes for your family life that goes for your faith are you going all out or are you holding back make sure you're going all out full effort there's no excuse not to give 100% effort so number one never be outworked Make sure you're outworking all your opponents. The Gable mentality, the Dan Gable mentality. Outwork your opponents. Number two, don't focus on statistics. This is what we call the fan mentality, the hype, where we get caught up in records, rankings, seedings, and predictions. We don't want to get caught up in statistics. I think the reason why we do this is because in life we're groomed. In sports, we're groomed as a fan. We want to know... How many wins does this pitcher have? What, what's, the, what's the batting average of this baseball player? Um, how many pins does this wrestler have? We think about all the statistics, right? And that's, that's great as a fan. It gets you excited. But as an athlete, you're not focusing on things within your control. The best way to get beefed up statistics is by focusing on your effort, your attitude, and your aggressiveness. And then the statistics follow. So the statistics are a byproduct of factors that are directly in your control. That's very important to remember. Don't focus on the statistics because then what happens is we're not always giving a full out effort. We're not always necessarily staying positive. We're not always going for it. So focus on things within your control. Number three, remember that being in the biggest, the strongest player on the field doesn't make you the best athlete. Okay, just because you're the biggest or the strongest on the field or the fastest or even the most technical doesn't necessarily make you the best athlete. So what you want to do is make sure you're maximizing everything that you have. Just because you have a certain attribute that's really good doesn't mean you're strong unanimously in every single area of your sport. There's always something you can work on. There's always something you can improve on. Even if you're a national champ, a world champion, Olympic champion, a multiple-time Olympic champion, you could get better. There's always room for improvement. My dad always said the biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. So make sure you're constantly improving, okay? Uh, The Japanese have a term called Kaizen, K-A-I-Z-E-N. 
And, and what does that mean? That means constant improvement. That means everything they're doing, they're constantly trying to get better, which is why a lot of times their electronics, their cars, they blow ours away because they're trying to make it a little bit better. Then they're trying to make it a little bit smaller, a little bit more economical, a little bit more efficient. Okay, so we need to be constantly improving. Okay, number five, big rule for the season, stop comparing yourselves to other people. And this is what we talk about with the prey mindset, right? Predator animals, lions and tigers and bears, their eyes are on the front of their head. They're focused on what's in front of them, what they can control. Prey animals, squirrels, chipmunks, rabbits, their eyes are on the side of their head. So they're focusing on what's going on around them, right? So as athletes, we want to have a predator mindset. We're talking about focusing on factors within our control. We say it over and over and over again. But explicitly, what does that mean? That means don't compare yourself to other people. Okay, don't ask yourself the question, well, how good am I compared to my teammate? How come my teammate's improving so much and I'm improving so little? Or on the other end, don't, don't say to yourself, wow, I'm improving a lot faster than my teammate. All right, who cares? That has nothing to do, that ultimately has nothing to do with you. You wanna compare yourself to yourself. Compare you to yourself. Did you get better today than you were yesterday? Did you improve today? Every single day, are you getting a little bit better? That's the key thing. And we do this in class too. We compare our grades to our friends' grades. We compare how easy we learn information, our natural intelligence, to the natural intelligence of other people. Right? You see this a lot of times even as a kid. I think we're groomed with this as a kid. If you have a brother or a sister, people are always asking, well, who's taller? Or who's or who's faster? Who wins in a running race? Right? Oh, this one's a, this one's better at spelling. That one's better at math. Right? We're naturally brought up comparing ourselves to other people. But that's not how the best athletes think. That's not how the best students think. And it's not how the happiest people in the world think. Don't compare yourself to other people. Compare you to yourself. Okay, it takes a lot of discipline. It means you need to get out of the mentality of the rest of the world. And you need to be the stubborn one in 10 people, maybe the one in 100 people that's focused on getting better and not how other people are doing. So what are some things that are gonna pull us out of this mentality? If we're looking too much on social media, and you know what I mean, when you're looking at social media and you're comparing yourself to other people, you're sizing up yourself to the other person, or you're sizing up your, um, you know, can I, can I take this person? Do I have as happy of a life as this person? Can I beat this person in a competition? Um, am I better looking than this person? Do this person is more friends than me? This person gets more likes. This person has more followers. We compare ourselves to other people constantly. Not only does it make us more likely to lose in competition, as a school psychologist, I learned this in my studies, you're more likely to be depressed, you're more likely to be hooked on drugs, and you're more likely to be suicidal. So I don't take this lightly. This is serious business. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Okay, other people are not the gold standard for behavior. You could use other people in terms of, okay, they're doing this well, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna learn from that. Or this person made that mistake, I'm not gonna make that mistake, right? So we can learn from other people. It's not saying never look at other people, but it's saying don't compare yourself to other people where how am I doing relative to that person? That's, that's not a good thing. Like I said, not, we're gonna, even if you don't care about living a happy life, which is ridiculous, but even if you didn't care, you're, you're gonna be actually doing worse in sports. You're, gonna, you're more likely to make mistakes. Okay, that's one of those things. I remember I could think of a concrete situation when I was in college. We were running 200 meter sprints with our wrestling team. And we were Franklin Field, a Penn, University of Pennsylvania, where they have the Penn relays. And, you know, just in, informal practice with our team. Well, it was a formal practice, but um, we were on the track running 200 meters. And I happened to be a pretty good runner, right? So I'd be able to I'd get the lead 
probably those last, that the last 40 meters, I'd have the lead. And then I was able to, like, I built up enough of a lead where I could kind of coast on the way in. I didn't need to go all out. I did not need to sprint through the finish line, right? I had a comfortable enough lead that now I could kind of trot in, right? Okay, and my strength coach actually called me out. He said, Zanetti, blow them away. Empty the tank. So in other words, don't just save it. Because what was I doing? Prey mindset. I was comparing myself to my teammates. I was saying, I'm winning the race. So as long as I keep winning the race, I'm good, right? Because that's, that's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about comparing myself to other people. I was also focused on winning, which is like statistics, right? So I was too focused on that. And instead, what's the point? What's the purpose of doing the sprints? The purpose of the sprints was to build up conditioning, building conditioning. So if I'm, if I'm coasting at the end, I might be winning the sprints, but I'm not fulfilling the end that I had in mind. I'm not fulfilling the goal that I had in mind. The goal for sprints was conditioning. So remember, the goal dictates the behavior. If the goal is to get in better shape, then you need to give a full out effort. You can't hold back, right? So if, if you start with your goal in mind, my goal is to build conditioning, then what does that mean? That means if I, if I know we're running 10 200 meter sprints and I know in my head I could win all 10 if I build up enough of a lead and then coast so I save my energy, right? Or instead I go all out on those for, on, on, on each sprint, on every single sprint I go all out. There's a good chance that by sprint number 10, I'm not winning. There's a, there's a good chance that I might personally tank at sprint five or six where now I'm not only, not only not, am I not winning, but I'm finishing in the bottom half, maybe even towards the end of the group. But what did I do? I'm building my conditioning. So that's the goal. So I know that's a long-winded long explanation right there, a long-winded example, but it's very important. That's what happens when we compare ourselves to other people. That's what happens when we um, focus too much on the end result. We, we wind up not fulfilling the goal that we set out to do. And in, and in this case of sprinting, it was conditioning. Okay, so number six, being thankful for the opportunity to compete. Okay, anyone who's been with us for any amount of time knows that for winning mindset, we have four mindset principles. Our team hangs them up inside their practice room, in their locker room, where they compete. A lot of our athletes have it up in their bedroom. They have the four mindset principles. Mindset principle number one is I am thankful for the opportunity to compete. I am thankful for the opportunity to compete. If you listen to interviews after a World Series, a Super Bowl, an Olympic championship, uh, Stanley Cup, you name it, whatever the sport is, you hear a lot of these athletes saying this, I was just thankful. I was thankful for the opportunity to compete. And when you hear it over and over, you start to realize it's not by chance. These athletes are on to something. Having an attitude of gratitude is going to counteract nerves. In other words, you're not going to be as nervous if you're thankful. And this is true because, look, go to any local nursing home, any local hospital, and you see there's people that can't move. They can't think the same way you can. You have a blessing that you're able to compete. So you've got to remember, it's a blessing. And what we do in competition, and I was guilty of this, we're thinking too much about winning. We're thinking too much about success, and we're not thankful. So what happens? We get very nervous, and usually then we do worse, as opposed to being thankful being grateful. It's a blessing that I get to compete. So when you have that attitude, you're not as nervous. It's actually an inverse relationship. It's an opposite relationship. The more grateful you are, the more thankful you are, the less nervous you're going to be. Not only that, but for your mental health, they found that the opposite of depression is not, is not happiness. Okay. Psychologists have found the opposite of depression is not happiness. 
It's actually thankfulness, an attitude of gratitude. That's why people like Tony Robbins, Oprah, they recommend having a gratitude journal. And this is nothing new. The wisdom of the saints and church teachings, giving thanks to God every day before you go to sleep, giving thanks as part of your examination of conscience. What am I thankful for? And you see now psychology that's catching up with the timeless wisdom that we've known about in our faith. Make sure that you're grateful. Thank God for the blessings that you're able to compete, okay? And think about when you were hurt. Did you ever have an injury where you ever banged up where you couldn't compete? That's what happens when the opportunity gets taken from you. That's why a lot of times, and how did that feel? A lot of times athletes, after they get hurt or when they get hurt, that's the best thing that could happen to them because they have to stop and reflect and they have to see, this is what it's like when the opportunity gets taken from me. But when I get to compete, I have the opportunity. So what happens when they return to competition after an injury, they're a lot more thankful. They're a lot more grateful. And because of that, they're not as nervous. So even if you're hurt, even if you're banged up, and that's why we have to do it yourself, um, bouncing back from injuries, recovering from injuries mentally, we have that bundle. Make sure you get that if you're hurt. That's sometimes the best time to start mindset training because again, you could renew your mind. You can now think about sports from a clear perspective. So being thankful for the opportunity to compete. You're gonna be happier and you're gonna compete better. It's a win all the way around. Number seven, be patient. Rome wasn't built in a day. It takes time to succeed. Anything good in life takes time. It's not gonna happen automatically. So in a fallen world, we have to suffer. Suffering will, suffering will bring success if we do it right. Okay, so it takes time to succeed. Life's a journey, not a destination, right? That's what we hear, right? Or, you know, obviously the aim is on the destination, but on the way to the destination, you have the journey. So it takes time. You have to stay true to the process. Trust the process. This is something my brother Greg and I, we would talk about this a lot. So he eventually, he eventually became, started off as a pretty good wrestler, eventually became a state finalist in New Jersey, then became one of the top ranked wrestlers in America, right? Beat several national finalists, several All-Americans, um, just became a great wrestler. And, and throughout his career, there were, a lot of, there were a lot of points where he felt like he wasn't getting any better. It was taking time. And I always told him, trust the process. Stay true to the process. All athletes will tell you that. In fact, we're actually thinking about making that a fifth mindset principle and adding that to our poster of mindset principles. I trust the process because it's that important. It takes time. It's not an automatic, it's not a, every day, all of a sudden you just keep going up. Sometimes it's two steps forward, one step back. Sometimes, you know, you learn something and then you kind of forget another thing. It, it just takes time. And that means there's losses involved. That means there's pain that's involved. You're gonna get banged up. You're gonna get hurt a little bit. Make sure, that's what make sure you're doing things smart. Your rehab, your prehab, working on your mobility, working on your stability, working on your flexibility, your nutrition, all that. So make sure you're taking good care of yourself, but there's gonna be bumps and bruises along the way. There's gonna be tears. There's gonna be heartbreak. You're gonna make mistakes. People are gonna criticize you, blame you, complain. Uh, there's gonna be a lot. It's gonna take time. So you have to be patient, okay? The, those, those brick walls, the reason why those brick walls are up is to keep people out who don't want it bad enough, right? I've heard that before. I think that was last lecture, that whole series. But be patient. All successful people, or pretty much all successful people, it was a long road. Right? We know the road to mastery, what was the magic number? Like 10,000 hours, something like that. I know it's not exactly um, you know, 
you know, one-to-one -one with that. But it's true. We know it takes a lot of time to be successful. So make sure you realize it's a, it's a process. Trust the process. Stay true to the process. And make sure your process is right. In other words, having a good coach, having a good mentor, that's why you want to have a mindset coach because we can make sure that you're on the right track. We could step back from the whole situation and we could look and we could see, okay, you're on track academically. You're on track technically. You're on track with your strength, your nutrition. A lot of times we don't examine if we're on track. So you might be improving every day, but you might be able to get even better if you have someone that's, that, that's watching you, a coach, a mindset coach specifically, that can oversee that whole process. So be patient. It takes time. But trust me, it's worth it. No one ever looks back at their sports career or their academic career and says, man, I shouldn't have worked so hard, right? Or, man, I wish I sacrificed less. Or I, I, wish, I, didn't, I wish I didn't really try to do things right. I wish I would have gave in more to temptation. No one ever says that. Right? It's always the opposite. I wish I would have worked harder. I wish I would have been more disciplined. I wish I would have ate healthier. I wish I would have got my eight hours of sleep. I wish I, wish I would have got, not gotten so distracted by friends. That's what people tend to say. I wish I wasn't so negative. So you're here in this point in time right now, 2019. Don't look back five years from now and say, I wish I would have done things better. Start from this fresh moment. You have a brand new moment to start over again, no matter how things were, even earlier in the day. Start right now and build a better life for yourself. Build good habits right now. So five years from now, 10 years from now, you can look back and you say, I left no stone unturned. I did everything in my power to succeed. And then no matter what happens, whatever, your, whatever the goal was, you're gonna say, you know, it was worth it. Look at all these lessons I learned along the way. I lived right. I followed my faith. I followed my, my morals. I didn't get sucked into peer pressure. I wasn't mentally, emotionally, and spiritually weak, just following the crowd and giving in to my feelings all the time, giving in to peer pressure. I stood my ground. I, I, I had love in my heart. I was sincere. I was humble. I was hardworking. I was coachable. That's, that's what you want to be. And not so anyone remembers you like that, because a lot of people say, I want to do this so I'm remembered by this, or I want to do this so, so other people do it also. Okay, that's good, but the main thing is you want to do it so you could look back and you say, I did everything in my power to succeed. I lived a good life. Okay, so be patient. Number eight, got to compete for yourself. And what do I mean by that? I'm not saying don't be a team player. Obviously, be a team player. Obviously, you compete to glorify God. When I say compete for yourself, I really mean not trying to win the praise, the recognition from other people. Not competing just to get you know, pity from someone else. So someone else gives you a pat on the back. You can't play sports just to make your dad happy. You can't play sports just to make the coach who recruited you happy. You have to do it because you love it, because it's fun. Okay, there's a lot of other things you could be doing in life. And that's something that's important to take time, reflect, and remember. Sports are optional. It's not a must. You don't have to play sports. So if you don't like it, if you're not having fun, you shouldn't be doing it. Now, I'm not saying you're always going to, it's not always fun. There's going to be suffering involved. It is a process. You do have to be patient. But if you really don't like the sport, don't do it. You can't be doing it for other people. You have to be doing it because you like it, because you think it's fun, because you believe, you honestly believe that this is a route to glorify God in your life. You're not just doing it for someone else. Don't just do it to appease your mom or dad. Don't just do it so your coaches are happier just because maybe you're a star athlete and you like getting pats on the back from your friends. That's garbage. Compete for yourself in that sense. Compete for yourself because it's fun, because you love it, because you know this is how you glorify God with your life. Okay? 
Number nine, never quit, never give up. Mindset principle number four that we have all of our teams go through. So we have our team stand up as a group before and after every practice, not only after their mindset workshops, but we have the captains of the team take them through this. So after every lift, after every run, after every team practice, after every mindset session, they go through these four mindset principles standing up out loud as a team. They get mental reps. Think about it. We get strength reps in the gym. We get technical reps when we're doing our skills and drills in practice. You need mental reps. So you say these mindset principles out loud, not unlike a martial arts dojo, not, a, not unlike the military, not unlike saying the creed out loud. You're, you're saying it, affirmation. Sometimes your mouth needs to teach your heart. So when you say it out loud, you start to believe it in your mind and your heart, you start to internalize it. So mindset principle number four is I never ever give up. Get those mental reps, get hundreds of mental reps, thousands of mental reps. So you get in the biggest moments of competition, you're right there. You're well-trained. You never, ever give up. So we can quit when we're losing. A lot of times maybe we're down 10 nothing, whatever it is, and we quit on ourselves. Maybe we're having a bad day in practice, and then we start giving up. We start going less than 100%, right? On the other hand, never giving up, right? That's a real option. Even if you're having a bad day, you could choose whether or not you're going to quit. So make that distinction in your head. It's okay to be having a bad day. It's not okay to throw in the towel. It's not okay to quit. You gotta fight through. Now this is very different from what we were saying before of not doing something that you really don't enjoy doing, right? Like if you really don't enjoy playing sports, don't do it. There's better things you could be doing with your time, really, okay? But assuming that it is something you wanna do, you've discerned this, you like it, it's having fun, you're having fun, you know, just because you're having a bad day doesn't mean you quit that day, doesn't mean you quit on yourself that day. You give you 100%. So let's say you're in the weight room. Let's use an easy example for strength training. Let's say you naturally, let's say your best bench is, I don't know, let's say 200 pounds, right? Let's say that day you're not feeling strong. You're tired. Whatever happened, um, the best the best bench you could do is, is 180. Let's even say 150. Let's say you're 50 pounds less than what your best bench is. If that's the best you could do that day, that's what you're doing that day. Now, of course, what I'm saying is according to whatever your strength program is, I'm not telling you what to do in terms of weight. Uh, that's a different video. But remembering that whatever, whatever it is that you're best you can do that day, that's not quitting. That's giving your all-out effort, okay? If you say, oh, you know, I'm not going to be able to lift the 200 pounds, therefore, I'm not going to work out at all. That's quitting, right? So we could quit when we're not doing well. We could also quit while we're doing well. So we could be winning. How many times have we been winning by two or three, and then we pump the brakes, we start holding back, and what happens? The other team starts coming back and scoring, and eventually we lose, because we quit. We, we were quitting while we were winning. How many times that happened to you in sports? How many times have you watched sports on TV, or watched your friends play sports, and that's what happened? They quit on themselves while they're winning. That's why we want to adopt a much more hardcore and tough attitude when it comes to winning. And this is why we developed our do-it-yourself aggressiveness program. This is all about what our minds, we have a full chapter dedicated to this in our Predator Mindset book. And we're constantly talking about this in our individual and team program. And that is, you keep scoring and scoring and eventually you break your opponent and that's when you stick them in the ground. You step right on their throat. You gotta be out for blood. You take the game, now you gotta take their heart. You take the match, now you gotta take their heart. And when I say this, of course, we're saying fair, square, by the rules. You're not doing anything illegal. You're not being cheap, but you've got to go hard. You've got to stuff them. 
you can't feel bad for someone when you're beating them. Otherwise, what happens is, again, we pump the brakes and we're more likely to lose. We're more likely to do worse. So being tough when you're out there. Step on their throat when you're, when you're winning, right? And again, I'm using all this very um, vivid mental imagery because you need to get hardcore with yourself. Just because you have a lead, three, four points, three or four runs, three, whatever, whatever it is, you're two, two or three touchdowns, you can't say in your head, okay, I'm going to let up now. You have to have this very vivid mental imagery. We're going to punish your opponents legally. You're going to, you're going to, you know, they never want to go against you again. That's the mentality. It, it's still psychological warfare. You want to get in their head. You want to send a message. And this is the main reason why we're doing it. We're not doing it just to get in their head. We're not doing it just to send a message to everyone in the state or everyone in the country, right? That's a nice effect, but we're doing it because we're not giving up. That's the main thing. By never giving up, we're fighting through the whole time. Okay, so making sure we never quit, we never give up. Number 10, keeping things in perspective. And this is one of the big things that we see. Big problem, huge problem in high school sports and college sports. We lose, we lose perspective and we make sports number one. Okay? Sports are at least number four on the list. Like literally. Number one is your faith and morals. Number two is your family, family obligations. Number three is school. Number four is athletics. That's the bottom line. If you're a student athlete, student comes before athlete. How many times have we heard, don't be a dumb jock, be a scholar athlete? Remember, the NCAA Clearinghouse, you won't be able to compete if your grades are low. Also, that's going to come at the expense. If you're, if you're focusing on, on sports more than school, not only might you, not, you might not be able to compete because you're not academically eligible, but what are you doing for your future? Eventually, you're going to need a job. You're going to need a career. And all these skills that you've learned in school, now you need to apply that to your career. So we always say, sports needs to be a metaphor for your whole life. Sports is a vehicle for building virtue to set you up for success in your entire life. If you're in high school sports and you're serious about competing in college, it's a business. Okay? It's, it's a business. You're using, you're using sports as a vehicle to help get you into a better college. Me, a lot of my friends... That's what helped us get into an Ivy League school. Sports opened up a door for us that would not have been opened if we weren't playing sports. Of course, because we did well in school also, but sports helped open the door. So that's the key, using sports as a vehicle, even if you weren't an athlete, even if you were, whatever, a musician, student council, you're using that as a vehicle to build virtue, to get you into a good school, to improve you for, for a future career, building virtue, that's the key. So making sure you keep things in perspective and you never sacrifice your faith and morals, your principles. That just can't be shaken because that's what you're built on. Once that falls, once, once, once that, that truth that we're rooted in, once, once we sacrifice that, once we put that on hold, that's when things start crumbling. And you'll never look back at yourself in your life and say, man, I wish I would have, I wish I would have sacrificed my morals more. I wish I sacrifi sacrificed my faith more. No, what that, what that tells you is that you're, you're a sellout. If you're gonna if you're gonna sell out your most important things, your faith, your morals, your family, um, your school, that means we're mentally weak. That means you're mentally, emotionally, and spiritually weak. So we gotta suck it up and get tough. Keep things in proper order. Keep things in proper order. And remember, if they're not in proper order, it's because we're addicted. It's because we're slaves. We're not free. If we were free, we'd be able to maintain a proper order. That's what separates us from animals. Animals have to do whatever they feel, right? They get the impulse. They gotta do it. What humans, we're rational, we're intelligent. So we could make those moral choices. We could say, no, I feel like doing this, but I'm gonna do that instead. 
Okay, so we want to use our feelings. We don't want to be governed by our feelings. We don't want to be enslaved by our feelings and our emotions. In the same way, we don't want to be enslaved by other people's opinions. We don't want to be enslaved by, we don't want to be addicted to praise, recognition, pity, or approval from other people. Right, so keep the proper perspective. Otherwise, like I said, not only are you less likely to fail, you're, you're much more likely to be, you're, you're much more likely to fail, you're also much more likely to be depressed and to look back at a, at a very sad life. You know, you look at a lot of these top athletes, a lot of top Hollywood stars, um, you know, some of the most successful people, richest people, they're depressed. Not all of them, of course, but a lot of them, they're depressed. They're suicidal, they're hooked on drugs. And why? Because perspective wasn't there. So you're successful, big deal. You're not happy. You're not keeping in line with your faith and morals. So you have a lot of money, you're rich, big deal. You, you've sold out, you've sold your soul basically so you, could be, so you could be successful, right? So you could have a lot of money, so you could have a lot of friends. What good is that? You'll have, you'll have a million likes on Facebook or you'll have a, or you'll have a million followers on, on Instagram or Twitter or Snapchat, whatever people who are looking at your profile. But if you're not happy, if you're not, if you're not conforming to, to your faith, to morals, to, to your deepest held beliefs, Forget it. You'll never be happy. You'll still always be upset. Think about some of the times you've succeeded and you sold out on your most important on your most important values. It wasn't a good feeling, right? And more important than not being a good feeling, it was objectively wrong. So keep things in perspective. That'll I promise you you'll never look at that. You'll never look back at that and be upset that you did it. Keep things in proper order. And then finally, number eleven, make sure you train your mindset. We say it all the time. Right? The athlete who maximizes their potential eventually will beat the athlete who doesn't know how to bring out everything they have. You need to learn how to maximize your potential. Mindset training will help you overcome humps. Right? We all, sometimes we get to mental sticking points. We call them mindset red flags. Mindset training can help you overcome those mindset red flags quickly, efficiently, and if you're doing the things we're telling you, forever, <laughs> right? You'll be able to overcome those mindset red flags or at very least have very good control of them. Number two, the mindset training gives you great mentorship, gives you, gives you great leadership. You have someone in your corner who's walking you through the difficult times of the season. So if we're working with your team, the ups and downs of the season, drama within teammates, drama between athletes and coaches, we're right there. Our mindset coaches are holding your hand throughout the season. Same thing with our individual program, right? The mindset coach is always there looking out for your best interest. Great leadership and, um, and culture building. And finally, mindset training helps you maximize everything that you have. So at the end of your career, right, the best athletes probably need the most mindset training because they're the ones that are getting interviewed. They're the ones that are being videotaped. They're the ones who have scholarships and, and professional deals that are on the line. Right? Those, the, the best athletes are the ones that have the most expectations on them. They have the most exposure. So you want to maximize what you have. If you're at the top, you want to keep it there. You want to keep building a gap of building a distance on your opponents. So you want to have that mental edge. Even if you're the very best, you still need the mindset training because this is what's going to make you even better and keep you at the very top of your field. So at the end of your career, you want to make sure you left no stone unturned. You did everything possible to help you reach your goals. So I always say it, sports, school, and life, all the above, mindset, makes the difference. Make sure you follow us every week, Mindset Monday, Winning Mindset. Again, make sure you check out our podcast. Make sure you check out our YouTube page. 
Make sure you're looking at our link tree. Get one of the get one of our bundles that we have, our confidence bundle, our aggressiveness bundle, those do-it-yourself programs. Make sure you have our book and make sure you're doing the mindset training, especially the individual program and the team program. We want to help you get to the next level. I get fired up about this stuff because this is exactly what I needed back when I was competing. And when I was coaching while I was doing my master's degree at Springfield College, this is this is exactly what I could have used to help my athletes maximize their potential with the mindset training. So I said it before, I'll say it again. Mindset makes the difference. We'll see you next week. And that is a wrap from today's podcast. I'm Gene Zanetti from Winning Mindset. Make sure you guys go to our website. Make sure you go to zwinningmindset.com. Make sure you buy the book. The ebook is great, excellent information, represents some of the great information that we've learned from top athletes working with some of the top teams and individuals all across the country. Go to our website, zwinningmindset.com. Make sure you get the ebook. Also, make sure as an individual, you sign up for the one-on-one free trial consultation. That's the one-on-one free trial consultation with one of our mindset coaches. The best results always come from one-on-one attention, whether it's strength training, whether it's technique, or whether it's mindset. One-on-one is always the best. Thanks for staying with us. Make sure you join us next time for the next episode. Mindset makes the difference. Have a great day.